You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, Valentine's Day, is upon us. It comes every year. Here we are. And you know what? We decided we're going to take the time to talk about queer romance books. Big glass or wheelhouse mm-hmm, item. Mm-hmm. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm not reading a queer romance book. I'm reading uh, a 2022 book I was very much looking forward to. It's Devil House by John Darnielle. <gasps> I just got my pre-order for that nice. in yesterday. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Mallory, you're going to like it because it's got a spooky house. Uh-huh. Um, it's a, I literally, I didn't even read the plot. I saw the cover and I was like, pre-order, Yeah, have to have it. I love John Darnielle. I love his writing. I love his music. Um, This one is about a true crime writer who is is not down on his luck, but has only had like, he had like one success or something. And he, his editor was like, you know, there's this house that this grisly, grisly? (laughs) I I think that's gruesome and grisly combined. (laughs) Grisly. Uh, This that a grisly, horrible murder happened in. It's for sale. Maybe you should just move into it. It's so cheap compared to where you live. You live in somewhere expensive like San Francisco or something. And like, you could oh, just go buy this right, house. This is like fucking catnip for me. And move into it. And uh, it's called Devil House. <laughs> you know, the key is when you're moving into a house, if it's called something like Devil House, Demon, <laughs> if it's called Murder, the Murder Blood House, maybe don't, don't move, move in. into it. Um, uh, uh, basically, and so he buys it and moves into it. And his whole thing is that he gets very, like, involved in the in the murders. Like, he tries to set them, he resets the stage and, like, does all this stuff. So he's starting to do that. I just started this book. It's really, really good. I think it's going to end up in, I will say, in the, like, the stuff about it, that there is something, apparently some puzzle that, like, leads him back to his own life. Uh, so it becomes really weird and surreal, I assume, because it's John Darniel, uh, where his books are weird and surreal, but, like, beautifully written. For people who love beautiful prose, I feel like he's a really good one, because um, it's just all told from this first-person perspective of this guy who's, you know, doing his true crime thing. Uh, what oh, you- I cannot wait. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am also reading a spooky book, but it's spooky nonfiction. Ooh. So uh, spooky folks, pay attention. It's called A Haunted History of Invisible Women. Uh, it's by uh, Leanna Renee Heber, uh, Andrea James, and Elizabeth Carey Mahan. So this is extremely Mallory Wheelhouse book. It's basically a history of America's female ghosts and oh, sort cool. of like famous ghosts from all over America and their stories. And really, it, it also focuses on like, like how strange is it that these ghosts have more power and influence than the actual women did when they were alive and like how that reflects on America and how these sort of these legends and these ghosts play, you know, a role in, um, you know, the American, the way that America looks at women. And um, it, it's just uh it's such a me book. <laughs> I'm so excited. I am reading an arc right now. It comes out this summer, but definitely, definitely worth um, pre-ordering. The cover is really, really good. If you are into ghosts or history or women's history, it's just sort of all of those things wrapped up into one. Very much my wheelhouse. Um, so that is A Haunted History of Invisible Women. And mine is Devil House by John Darnielle. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Alima has a hot book tip. Well, well, hot book tip. Hot book tip. Hot book tip in, in the morning. With Mallory Bria. Wee, wee. 
I don't know why I get a really deep voice, but it just makes me feel like an old radio station Yeah, yeah, dude. I got it. It's the radio part. Wee-oo, wee-oo. <laughs> uh, I was listening to your recent episode where you talked about wanting to read more poetry, and I wanted to share something that could help bring more poetry into your life. The tip is subscribe to the Poetry Foundation's Poem of the Day podcast yeah. and have a new poem downloaded directly into your ears every day. Wow. The podcast features a wide variety of poets from different backgrounds, so it's a great way to be introduced to new voices. I personally love listening to poems read aloud, but if you prefer to read the poems yourself, you can also subscribe to the Poem of the Day newsletter. I love this. That I think I'm going to do this. I love this. This is so helpful. Wow. This is truly very hot. I will say it is This is sizzling. a hot book tip for sure. It is on Don't touch it. It is a it is millions of degrees book tip. <laughs> love surface, a book tip. Service of Mars. Book tip. Um, Anna writes in and says, Hi, I love your podcast. I listened to your entire backlist in about four to five months when I was commuting for student teaching last year, and you really renewed my love of reading, and I feel so seen when I listen to you. Uh, thank you. For the year, I made a huge, huge shocking decision, and I deleted my entire 500-plus TBR list. Wow. wow. Good job, Oh, my God. Anna. I bet Anna fe- feels, like, so free. I bet Anna levitated, like, the whole day. Yeah. That must feel amazing. Uh, God, what a... What a dream. Uh, my first goal is to read all the books I own and ha- that I haven't read yet. And after that, I'll be reading bo- reading on what looks or sounds good. Wow, Anna, we love this. Congratulations. This is very, very cool. Do you want to read Anna's Wheelhouse? See what, what uh, was on that TBR list? Or maybe wasn't on that TBR list, actually. She probably threw out all the stuff that's not actually in her wheelhouse. I think there are, there's two kinds of people who listen to reading glasses. Um People who love having a TBR that's like a thousand books long and people who get really stressed out by it and feel like Anna does and just want to like throw it into the ocean and be free and read and just read, read in the moment. Yeah. Read. Yeah. Yeah. Mindfulness reading. Uh, But Anna's Wheelhouse is Orphans with a Destiny. Oh, wow. Love Love it. (laughs) Magical realism, boarding school magic, romance, anything to lovers. I love that. Friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, neighbors to lovers. Lovers to lovers. We read that one. (laughs) <laughs> uh, LGBTQIA shit, smashing the patriarchy, cute time travel, mm. themed books like seasonal and holiday, demon fighting, and gods and goddesses. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about queer romance books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. What's Green Chef? It's a CCFO certified meal kit company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you're keto, if you're paleo, if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, if you're gluten-free, if you're some combination of those things, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, who we've also worked with before, and that means that there's a wider array of meal plans to choose from, and there's something for everyone. What's really cool is that you can switch between the brands, which is awesome if you want to check out HelloFresh or something in Green Chef looks better. It's pretty cool. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Folks, you know I hate cooking. I normally hate food, but I really like Green Chef. The uh, The meals are always really, really good. Uh, the last box I got had these amazing, like, 
artichoke ricotta flatbreads that were like, it took like 20 minutes to make. It was really, really easy. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, I never feel like cooking. At the beginning of the day, I don't feel like cooking. Truly, there's never a part in the day where I feel like cooking, but Green Chef makes it really easy. I don't have to decide between all the million recipes in the world. I, you know, the box that I get has three different meals in it. I just choose between those. They're all under a half an hour to cook. They're really, really easy. I don't have to go to the grocery store and try to figure out the things that I need, you know, one of the things that drives me nuts whenever I try to cook, you know, I do have cookbooks, they are covered in dust, but I do have them. But there's always like one weird ingredient that I need. and I don't feel like going to the store. So I just end up having a bowl of cereal or something because I really do not like cooking. But Green Chef has everything you need, even a teeny tiny bottle of balsamic vinegar, whatever, whatever you need for the recipe is in that bag. It's so, so easy to do, so easy to make. You know, you get hand-picked organic veggies in there, which is awesome, and premium proteins. Even though they're, it's vegan, there you can get high-protein options. Uh, so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. There's 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week. 35 different meals. So if you're worried like, oh, maybe if I sign up for a meal kit system, I'll have to pick between, you know, a very small amount of options. No, 35. That is absolutely bonkers. It's amazing. All of the recipes have premium clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Brie and I both love Green Chef. We love when we get a box. We love the meals that they get. You know, I used to really love their corn chowder, their vegan corn chowder, which was delicious. But I now I'm, I'm thinking I'm obsessed with these, uh, these flatbreads. The, they're so, so tasty. They're so easy to make, but they're, the, honestly, every recipe we've ever gotten from, from Green Chef has been delicious. So if you want to try this out, it's the new year, you want to eat more veggies, you want to cook more, you want to eat a little healthier, all you have to do is go to greenchef.com slash glasses130 and use code glasses130, so that's glasses130, to get $130 off plus free shipping. Folks, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of discounted meals and free shipping. That's incredible. So that's greenchef.com slash glasses130 and use code glasses130 to get $130 dollars off plus free shipping. Glasses 130. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. This week, happy Valentine's Day. No matter if you're in a relationship or you're single, you can enjoy a great romance book. And I would also argue, even if you're single, you know, Valentine's Day can be really a bummer for people. Sure. If you just got out of a relationship, you don't want to be single. But all you can still feel good reading a romance book. And one thing that the Glassers love is queer romance. That's so true. 
So true. And we get a ton of requests for books like this. So we decided to do a whole episode on it to celebrate Valentine's Day. Bria, what's a book that you recommend for this? You know, I went back and forth on whether I should recommend books that were just considered romance books or books that had romance, queer romance subplot. So I have kind of a mix, but the first one I'm going to bring out is a fairly new book that came out last year. It's the new Casey McQuiston, One Last Stop. If you're reading queer romance, you probably already have read this. If you're looking to dig your toe in, this is a good one. It takes place across space. Not really space, just time. It takes place across time. time. <laughs> and it's on a train. How many queer romances take place on a train? Basically, the main character is a girl, and she is... There's a girl that she meets on this train, and she's like, I'm very interested in this girl. And the main character is kind of this, like, ah, do I fit in in New York City? I don't know what I'm doing with my life kind of character. Um, And she sees this girl on the train, and she's like, wow, I like this girl. And she talks to the girl, and there's a scarf exchange, if I remember correctly. And the girl is like, looks kind of like she's like a punk rock girl from the 70s. And turns out, and this is not a spoiler, because it's written on everything if you go read about the book. Turns out she is a punk rock girl from the 70s. And she's only... (laughs) She's extremely authentic. She's only on this train. And so how do you date someone when time travel is a problem and they only exist on a train? Here's... Questions will be answered. Um, What's your first one? Uh, My first pick is what I think is the perfect tiny romance graphic novel for Valentine's Day, no matter... Whatever, whatever your relationship status, uh, it's so cute. It's called That Full Moon Feeling by Ashley Robin Franklin. Yeah. And it's just, it's a little, it's like a novella version. It's not like a graphic novel. It's like a graphic novella. It's mm. teeny tiny. The art is adorable. And it's about a witch and a werewolf who start dating and their adventures navigating date awkwardness and their supernatural problems. Like on their second date, they go to like go on a picnic and then a lake monster comes out of the lake and they've got to defeat the lake monster in, in the middle of trying to like, you know, make eyes at each other. It's just like, it's very fucking cute. It's quick. You'll read it in like, an hour it's adorable um it's just really really fun and um sometimes you just want to have you know sit down and and have a uh, a light reading session and this is perfect uh what's your next one my next one are is uh the simon snow series starting with carry on by rainbow route now everyone knows i've been reading these i'm all cut up now i love them they're very good. I've been listening to them, um, actually. Um, and uh, they are basically queer Harry Potter. But the queerness is really at the center. So I would say these have a lot of romance to them. There's a lot of will they, won't they. And then there's a, ooh, what happens when these two people who have these, like, fucked up pasts of being wizards who've been tormented for years, how do they have a relationship? It's very hard. <laughs> um, uh, it's... It's And there's no setup to these. You don't need to... You jump in the first one and it's basically like, here's what would happen if Harry Potter defeated all these things and then he's, like, confused about who he is and his identity and he's kind of... He is trying to figure out, like, his sexuality. He's trying to figure out his identity as a wizard. So there's a lot of, like, great character building stuff in it. Um, also, these would check off a box from the Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge this year. Because it's the first in a series, if you, if you read the first one, um, which is called Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. Um, what is your second pick, Mallory? Uh, it's Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. Uh, this is an author I got really obsessed with when I read her book, uh, If It Makes You Happy, a couple years ago. If you were watching the Maximum Fun Drive during that time, I talked about that book like a million times. <laughs> um but this is, I think this is her first book. And this is a YA book um, about a girl whose girlfriend's just broke up with her because she's come out as asexual and her girlfriend did not want to just 
didn't want that and they broke up and she's like now she's like fuck all of this she's sworn off love and we all know what happens when a character in a book swears off of love forever um uh, she meets a sexy library employee and has to decide whether or not to let herself fall for somebody again. Sexy library employee. Wow. Folks, how would you not want to read this book? I love it. <laughs> it is made for glassers. It's very cute. And again, sexy library employee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's your next pick? Well, a book we talk about a lot and is soon to be made into a motion picture that we also would check off uh, Reading Glasses Challenge this year because it would be a book made into a movie. And that's Camp by Love Rosen which we oh, both I love. I love this fucking book. Um, it's about a queer summer camp and the goings-on that happened there um, between a teenage boy who's like, basically he comes back to camp and he's decided, normally he's a theater guy and he wears nail polish and he, you know, it, he, 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 the masculine guys don't like him as much because those guys all want to play sports and do sports stuff, but still be queer. It's all queer summer camp. Um, and so he comes back and he's like, now I'm masculine and I like sports. And then the other really hot jock guy falls for him and is like, oh, look at those like dorky theater guys, even though he really wants to be one deep down. The main guy. And so it's all about this queer romance that happens. And it's about if you, he, he's obviously pretending to be someone else, but does he get the guy that he wants? And what does that mean if you get someone you want when you're not being true to yourself? It's a, it's a great book. Um, what is your next pick? We got two more each. So I know like almost every glasser loved uh, The House on the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune, which I also loved, but he... T.J. Klune also has a book um, called The Lightning Struck Heart, which is a gay fantasy novel oh. about a magical wizard's apprentice who falls in love with the dreamiest knight at the castle. As you um, do. But of course, as you the, would. As it happens, and the knight ends up dating someone else, and the apprentice has to win him, of, you know, with the help of a huge cast of magical queer characters, including a gay hornless unicorn. <laughs> a horse? <laughs> yeah, just a gay horse. No, it's a unicorn. Okay. It's, it's a big thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so if you love The House on the Cerulean Sea, which if you read that book, you probably loved it. Uh, this is great. It's very fun. It's very heartwarming. T.J. Klune is really good at writing books that are just like very light, um, but also just like really hard. It's just like, um, it's like a queer romance beach read. It's just so, it's like getting a warm hug. And again, you know you want to meet this unicorn. Mm-hmm. What's up with this uh, what is your what's your last pick? Uh, my last pick was Time Was by Ian McDonald. It's a queer romance across time. Uh, it takes place during World War II. So if you're into like a historical fiction romance, um, two gay men fall in love and they're involved in this secret government project uh, that's happening during World War II. But because of that, they actually literally disappear. So it's a little sci-fi. Um, and actually, it's a lot sci-fi because then they have to kind of travel through time and find each other across the ages because sounds kind of like doom patrol it is a little doom patrol it's also a little yeah like that kind of like secret government experiment experiment in the 1940s i feel like there's a few things kind yeah of it feels sounds like larry trainer's uh uh storyline in doom patrol oh yeah oh you're right oh that's interesting yeah uh but with a gay romance attached to mm-hmm. oh i guess his is also well, kind of a gay romance is it has a gay, his romance. Is a gay romance but he doesn't yeah. have to find the other guy he's, yeah. he's not looking for the other guy um, he's finding himself he's finding himself what's your last one my last one is a it was 
another buzzy glass or pick from last year is Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, which I had to wait forever to get from the library, but it was worth it. Um, it's so it's about this super high achieving woman. She's just earned her PhD and she's like in Vegas with her friends. And on the morning that they go to leave, uh, she wakes up and she's married to some woman that she doesn't know. Surprise! Wow. <laughs> uh, she does not even know this woman's name. She barely, she does not, like, as she's sort of, like, getting up for the day, and the and she wakes up, the woman's gone. The woman has left her a note, but still just did not leave her name. Uh, and she's, like, starting to remember little bits and pieces from the night before. Um, and it's about her finding and falling in love with her wife. But also, the book is really, really about her figuring out her own life and mm-hmm. how to deal with the weight of her parents' expectations. You know, she's always been super high achieving, but she's now questioning, is any of this stuff really making me happy? Um and, you know, obviously your wife is really cool and sexy and it's just, um, it's a romance, but it's really, again, it's a lot about finding yourself. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful book. I remember seeing someone in the uh, Reading Glasses Slack um, talking about how beautiful the writing itself is and mm. the sentences are. Um, and that's definitely true. And I think this would be a really, really fun one. Um, so send, you can send your favorite queer romances to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hope you're having, hope you have a lovely Valentine's day. But before we solve a book tech problem, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Lumi Labs. So you've probably heard about microdosing. I know a lot of artists and writers who use it. Uh, If you search around on the internet, you'll find all sorts of people are microdosing. But why are they doing it? They're doing it not to have a wild experience. They're doing it to feel healthier and perform better. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. There are folks who use them to be more creative. There are folks who use them to, to wind down. There are folks who use them to go to sleep at night. Really, you can you can use it at any part of your day to help either get you ready to ready to make some things, ready to go for your day, or to wind down from your day. I know a lot of power lifters use them to recover from their workouts. I know a lot of writers who use it for inspiration. I know just a lot of people in general who use it, um, you know, if they have anxiety or a hard time sleeping at night, use it right before bed to get some rest. The cool thing about it is it's available nationwide. So to learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdosegummies.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30 30% off your first order. So if, you know, uh, any of these things sound good, good to you, more creativity, more sleeping, more relaxing, definitely ch- test it out. Uh, Bria and I got these. I took a page out of some of my favorite power lifters uh, notebooks and I tried the gummies after my workout. It was awesome. It definitely helped me relax and kind of get out of that, you know, power lifting state of mind. I, I really enjoyed the experience. So again, Microdose is available nationwide. All you got to do is go to microdosegummies.com and use code GLASSES. Free shipping, 30% off your first order. Link There's a link in the show notes, but again, that's microdosegummies.com and code GLASSES. GLASSES. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? <laughs> In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced 
are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? book tech advances in bookish technology this week we've got a book tech problem liz writes in i have a seven-year-old who is high functioning but on the autism spectrum he devours books mostly metaphorically but rage and destruction are still things we are working on he's pretty reluctant to leave the house and the library near us has really high ceilings and echoey walls and feels too overwhelming with all the bright colors and loud kids we'd like to find a libby slash overdrive compatible e-reader that can stand up to some tantrums and i'd prefer one with a color screen because that seems to keep him engaged more than black and white ipads are out because they are too fragile and too associated with games for him to focus on reading any suggestions for us money doesn't really matter but i'd prefer something with no games or games that i can lock down i'd like to avoid amazon but understand that might not be possible bria what should liz do for her son well mallory has some great suggestions but also and i'm sure um uh, liz already knows this but i'll just say this for all glassers and by the way liz you're a really good mom. This is such a great question. Like, what what a wonderful mom. But um, as I'm sure most moms know, a good case is very important. I'm mm-hmm. and not so much a cute one, but an indestructible one. I will say I've never thrown my iPhone, but I have broken it many, many times. And the key is actually the case. Um, I yes, when it has sure. a good case on it, it will not break. Um, except when it falls directly on the screen, and then you're just like fucked. I don't know what happens. But um, uh, yeah, I think making sure you pair a good uh, not bright colored case, like, which is most of the indestructible ones are like this ugly black, you know, utilitarian case. And I think that is super mm-hmm. helpful. And they definitely make them for all Kindles, iPads, everything you can, you can get them. But Mallory, Mallory did some research here and has some good suggestions. That's my superpower. Um, yeah, I found some non iPad suggestions. It is fine. Finding something that is all three kid friendly. In color mm-hmm. and overdrive compatible. Um, so one that I found that we've never talked about on the show, but looked uh, looks like it's really good for um, reading comics with. It's a pocketbook. Hmm. So the, it's the pocketbook. I, I, I say that in my New England accent. Po- it's pocketbook, but I say it as pocketbook because that's how we say pocketbook. it in Massachusetts. It's the pocketbook ink pad color, and it's less than 300 bucks, which is much cheaper than an iPad. Um, but you're probably going to want to get a pretty hardy case for it just in case, regardless. I mean, I think Brie and I are in uh, in agreement that no matter what you end up getting, get an intense case. Mm-hmm. Um and now, you know, we don't really like recommending Amazon stuff, but Kindle does have a fire that's made especially for kids. It has a color screen. It's Overdrive and Libby compatible. And it looks really hardy as a really, like the plastic case looks like it could withstand a bomb. <laughs> like it is super, super <laughs> thick. I mean, I have a, a, a intense case on my phone because I drop my phone literally every day. Yeah, same. All the time, mm-hmm. constantly. It's like my hands are like just two fish. Like my phone is always on the floor. Two um, fish. But I... It's just too floppy fish. Um, 
But so I think this. <laughs> <laughs> I started making fish signs and signs with my hands. <laughs> Bri is swimming through the ocean as as I deliver this. Um, but I uh, I just think the either one of these is is worth trying out. But the Kindle Fire for kids it might be the winner. It's only a hundred bucks, which oh, is really cheap for this kind of thing. Then. Yeah. Um, and the Kindle Fire I don't the, the, I don't think it runs any games, so it's oh, not. Cool. Um, so that would be good. Um, Liz, please let us know if you try one of these, which one of these you end up getting. Um, I asked my boyfriend, who is a little more tech savvy than me, and he said that the newer iPads uh, are a lot more hardy. And maybe um, uh, if you put a good case on it, it would be extra hardy. Um, but um, Liz said, you know, the iPads are out because they're associated with games. Yeah. So it sounds like one of these specific e-readers that can't even play any games is the way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Liz, let us know what you end up, end up getting. You can send your book tech suggestions and questions to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And you can check out the wish list in our show notes for some book tech for us to test out if there's something that uh, that you think we should talk about on the show. There's a lot of stuff on that list. Bria puts cool stuff on there constantly. So worth looking at. Now let's answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Laura writes in, why do only some books get chosen to go to mass market paperback? I find it difficult to find books I'm interested in that happen to be small and lightweight to carry on my canoe trips. <laughs> we <laughs> have a lot of canoeing cute. readers wow, who, who listen to this show. Canoeing glassers. Um, it is not ideal to carry a heavy hardcover uh, over a portage. What is a portage? Don't know what that is. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Wow. You I think it tell. might be like a gap in a, like a bridge over a river or something. Uh, the carrying of a boat or its cargo between two nat. Oh, so it's basically when you carry the boat between, like you're carrying the boat between two different waters. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Mallory has an answer. You can answer tell that Bri and I do a lot of canoeing. Yeah. Yeah. Canoeing. <laughs> uh, canoeing is not big on my priorities, but you know what I'll say? I do love canoeing. Like if you were like, canoeing. do you want to get in a canoe? I'd be like, yes. And I'm not bad at it. Like I feel like I should be bad at it, but I'm like, I can, I mean, canoeing, I don't think is that hard most of the time. Is it a tough sport? I don't know, but I feel like <laughs> I'm capable of canoeing. Sport. Like I feel. Well, maybe if you're like in the Olympics and you're in a race, but if you're just drifting down a river, drinking a beer, canoeing is sweet. I like to be the one who's just the steering. That's always really fun for me. You like to be in the, in, the, in the powerful position. In the back. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, Mallory, you have some answers here for Laura. Yes. Laura the Canoe. I, I put this question to one of our Reading Glasses correspondents who wishes to stay anonymous. But remember, a long time ago, we actually did an episode on the differences between the print book formats. I can put a link to it in the show notes. Um, we talked about the differences between hardcover and trade paperback and mass market paperback. Um, but just to go over it, mass market paperbacks are the smallest format. They have the cheapest paper. They have a very cheap spine. Uh, they are not meant to last. Uh, they make up, I think nowadays, about 9% of all book sales. Um, very small chunk. Really, the thing is, ebooks took a huge chunk out of the mass market mm -hmm. paperback market because it's that same kind of, um, it's people who, basically, the same people who buy mass market paperbacks and ebooks are people who aren't 
particular about the format. They just want to fucking read the book in, in, a, in a way that is inexpensive and easy. Really, the big factor here is disposability, which sounds like a sad word for books, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, um, it's really the market for these kind of books are people who are just tearing through books. It's, you know, um, thriller series, romance series. Uh, again, but books that people just tear through instead of ones they want to save. They just want to read the next one. They want to read it on a beach. They want to read it on a train or a plane. Read it with a fox. Um, not read it with a box. Read it. And then- <laughs> uh, it's just not typically books that have a lot of rereading. Um, co- cozy mysteries are a great example. It's people who just like are insatiable for books. Um, movie tie-ins, TV tie-ins. Um, it's not really for uh, I don't want to say not book people, but it's people who, um, again, are just not uh, precious about the the like the format of the book. Mm-hmm. It's more people that read occasionally, people that are really interested in, um, you know, a James Patterson, a Nora Roberts, just like, you know, a book that they can get quickly and don't have to put too much thought into. Um, and so if something is really popular, it might get pushed into a third, quote unquote, third format after it's been printed in hardcover and trade paperback. Um, a very small percentage of books get made into mass market paperbacks. And of course, that depends on a publisher, like a publisher that puts out Roman it's going to put out way more mass markets than a publisher that puts out literary fiction. There are things that are sold in Targets, Walmarts, Costco's. Those are like the big market. Um, even bookstores will sell them, um, but it's, you know, they're, they're not really sold in grocery stores anymore, but it's the same kind of books that were sold in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people who are our age that are really into mass market paperbacks are that way because when they were little, they read books. Yeah. They, when they were younger, they when mass market paperbacks used to be more popular, they like I love a mass market paperback because uh, when I was a kid, I read a lot of um, thrillers and horror books that were in mass market paperbacks. And you could get them at the drugstore. Like, they would just be selling yes. them at the, like, yeah, at the Walgreens or whatever. Uh, but I don't think they, you're right. I mean, maybe they have a few, but it's really hard to find them there. And it sounds like Laura is interested in just not that kind of book. Like, Laura's not reading these giant, you know, whatever, th- these big books that, these big mystery thriller kind of books that are kind of more... Right, the James Pattersons of the world. Yeah, because really what it comes down to is that, um, you know, for a lot of YA books, um, literary fiction books, the people who generally buy those in print are people who care about having a nice print book. In mass markets, like, the paper is really thin, it's really cheap, they fall apart very easily over time, so publishers aren't going to bother putting them out in mass market because they know that the people really more care about a hardcover or a trade paperback. Right. So it's just, you know, it's just the, you know, the way the book world has changed, you know, um, maybe uh, uh, Laura should get an, a, a Kobo or a Kindle or something to try out. Yeah, uh, and a, a light, a light uh, e-reader. What's the, uh, I, I think it's the Kindle Oasis and I think it's the Kobo Libro or Kobo yeah. Libra that yeah, are that the are waterproof. waterproof ones. Mm-hmm. That way she can, she can read it while she's floating down the river. Mm-hmm. Literally, she can just swim, but um yeah, I mean, it's not the answer that Laura wants, and it's it's sort of a bummer for people who like mass markets, and they're not not they're not going away. Uh, they're just a very small portion of the market. Um, I know our friend Paul Tremblay. Uh, I think Cabin at the End of the World came out in mass market paperback because nice. it was really really popular. Um, but just most um, a lot of like most of the genres that we talk about on the show a lot and read a lot just don't come out in that because there's no point for a publisher, and um, is my and it's it's hard to say that because. 
you know, people love mass markets and they're like, of course that I want it. But you know, that the people who are obsessed with books like that and like us and all classers and people who read a lot, pay attention to to book releases and stuff. They're generally not the market for mass market paperback readers, Mm -hmm. mass market paperback readers, or again, people are like, Oh, I am, uh, you know, out, out shopping. I know I'm going on a trip. I'm going to just grab a quick, a book at Costco while I'm, while I'm getting my groceries. Yeah. It's just a, a, an audience thing. Um, it would be, I wonder if they could do a book that was a format that was as, um, high quality as a trade paperback, but was smaller. I wonder if you could do a smaller book like that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting to think about, but yeah, that's the, the the state of the union for mass market paperbacks right now. Let us know if you love a mass market paperback, if you still buy them. Um, again, everything that we're saying right now has a caveat, you know, of course that there are exceptions to all of this. This is, I'm talking about, uh, huge generalizations, you know, this is just generalizations that publishing makes. Of course, like I, again, I love a mass market paperback. I would sure. love a book like I, um, uh, but the only one, I think the only books I've ever, I've gotten in the past few years that came out in that format, um, Madeline Rue came out with a World of Warcraft video game tie-in novel that I bought because Madeline's my friend and I love her writing and that came in mass market. Um, but yeah, of course I wish there were there were more of them and I don't, I, I think that these are all stereotypes, but um, publishing is a business and that's just the, the, the way that it goes and I think it's, it's not financially worth it for them. Um, but yeah, I sometimes will still grab one if I see if if I saw a cabin at the end of the world, uh, like if I was in a store and saw Paul's cabin at the end of the world in mass market, yeah, I would that'd totally be grab it. Exciting, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, but yeah, let let us know what you think about mass markets. Um, it, what kind of if you are a mass market reader, what kind of books do you buy? Uh, and if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your reader question, all you got to do is send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail dot com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. Um, just want to say, I think we got some new mods recently in the Facebook group. Oh. I don't go on there very often. I really only go on Facebook to look at reading glass, the reading glasses group and to look at the community page for my town to see if anyone's like seen a bear or something. Um, (laughs) But the mods do really, really great work. They have um, really fun things that they post like every, every Wednesday, every Friday, every Thursday. And the group there is really robust. And I just want them to know how much we appreciate it. And so much of the reading glasses community is just powered by the great listeners that we have and people who are really dedicated to building this community and fostering that just like fun reader um, camaraderie that we have. So thank you, thank you, thank you from us as always. Uh, Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. I think our Goodreads page is a little quiet. I haven't looked at it because I'm afraid to go on Goodreads. But um, <laughs> if you use the Goodreads page, let us know. Let us know. Um, remember, if you want to support us, help us feed our cats and look cool and bookish doing it, you can go to the Reading Glasses Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes and get all kinds of fun stuff. If you want to support us for free, rate and review us wherever you review podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever it is. Um, it's great for us. It helps us pay our bills. It helps us reach more listeners and advertisers. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And thanks for listening. And thanks thanks for for reading. reading.